Sunday mornings at your service. It's Welcome to Health. Greatest Brains and the Welcome to Health Center bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. So give Dr. Rexroth a call at 344-1420, or you can find him online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. Good morning, Quad Cities. I tell you, I want to start just thanking you folks out there. I uh, am so privileged to be able to do this show. It's something that keeps me up on things. It's something that enables me to actually get delve into things more deeply. And I'm kind of, a, as you know, a science geek, and I, I just love reading about things that relate to health and all kinds of other subjects, too, but mostly, of course, health when it relates to this particular program. And um, it's just a, just such a wonderful opportunity. I wanted to start by thanking you folks for being there and available and, and listening to the program, frankly. I know a lot of you are in your car right now. A lot of you just uh, are getting up and starting your Saturday, and I just appreciate you folks. Well, I'll tell you what. One of the things we do a lot of here is we propose solutions to problems, and there is a big problem that a lot of people in the United States and in the Quad Cities are experiencing, and that is they get real sick, they get uh, feeling really bad, their symptoms are confusing and uncomfortable, and they go to their doctor. And one of the things that often happens is they are prescribed steroid medications. Now, there are legitimate reasons to prescribe steroid medications. I mean, uh, especially if the person is on the verge of, you know, of, of uh, checking out verge of dying. Uh, sometimes it's the only thing that can save a person because, frankly, you know, about, I'd say, I just estimate about 90% of the symptoms that we experience in our diseases are actually responses of our body trying to handle the problem. And that gives us a, a kind of a, a knife edge of decision there because if it is actually our body trying to solve problems that causes most of the symptoms, then there's always a decision to make. Are we just going to let the body continue and do its job, or are we going to intervene with something else? And, um, you know, at end-of-life care, sometimes we have to do something else to just make up for that deficit that the body has. But in most cases, I mean, I'd say 95, maybe 99% of the time, the body is perfectly capable of handling the problem. And sometimes, as a matter of fact, if we hadn't done so many medications earlier, we wouldn't even have the problem we have now. And of course, this is the, the um, situation with all of the side effects we get from medications. And side effects are rampant in medications. And here's why. When you, take, when you have a medication, the, the pharmaceutical companies have a main standard, and then they have a secondary standard. And you have to have both of them in order to develop a drug. But the main qualification of some chemical becoming a drug is that it is patentable. That means the drug company can own it. Now, nutrients and natural compounds that occur in nature that have been used by people for you know, thousands of years, herbs, etc., they are not patentable. And the reason they're not patentable is because they're just part of the human um, commerce. They're a part of what we uh, do every day. That would be like patenting a food and saying you can only eat carrots if you pay us, the pharmaceutical company, a certain fee. And, of course, that's absurd, although uh, 
more absurd things have happened. But in any case, it's absurd to think that we could think people can patent these natural compounds. On the other hand, if you can attach a little molecule to one of these natural compounds that you suppose that will separate from the natural compound when you digest the chemical, then you can patent it. Because if you can make a totally unique compound, then it's patentable. So, number one, a compound must be patentable. Number two, it has to have some biological effect. But by the way, just because it has a biological effect is not enough. Why? Because you can't make money on things that just have biological effects. You've got to have them as patentable first. Otherwise, you won't get any investors. There will be no advertising budget. There will be nothing, none of that stuff because you can't make billions of dollars on it. Okay? So number one, it has to be patentable. Okay, so in light of that then, we say that if, as a matter of fact, you've got these symptoms that are coming up and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, we can get rid of these symptoms by blocking a natural process that you have then you won't have the symptom anymore because what was the percentage I said or estimated that occurs, the symptoms occur because of your body trying to solve the problem? I mean, why, why wouldn't it be? Your body has, senses a problem, it's going to try to solve it. So how, I, I estimated at about 95, and under my breath I said 99%, because that's just what the body does. It tries to solve our problems. So, symptoms are caused by the body trying to solve our problems. It's, it's clear. In the case of uh, flu or cold, what happens? Your nose just clogs up. You get totally miserable. With the flu, you get confused and all this stuff. Your fever goes up. Are those all symptoms? Yes. What are they caused by? Well, your body is a manifesting sickness behavior, and that's why you kind of slow down and want to go to bed. Your body is... Is, has declared an emergency where it has to ramp up your fever to incubate immune cells so you can send those cells to the site of infection in the throat or the, in the nose, and it can, you know, kill the virus that's uh, attacking you. It also, um, you know, there's lots of other things going on in the immune system, but it's the immune system that's actually making your life miserable at that point. That's what's happening. It's trying to handle the problem in the best way it knows how. And by the way, I would recommend that you just let it do it because for many, many reasons, uh, number one, the body needs that fever in order to incubate immune cells at lightning speed. Number two, it needs that fever to slow the virus down because it's been shown that at body temperature and above, viruses have a hard time replicating. So you'd limit the number of viruses by wrapping yourself up Never go into an ice bath. That is absurd. Wrap yourself up. Get under all kinds of covers. Put the hood up on, the, on your winter coat you're wearing in the middle of the summer and cook because that's going to be the best thing for your body, okay? But, and here's the point I want to make. Sometimes you'll go to the doctor and the doctor will hear you say, oh, doc, I'm just miserable. I don't know if I can do this. And you just whine and whine and whine. And I understand it because I've been there, okay? I'm not criticizing you, but that's what's happening. And the doctor is just sitting there going, okay, okay, I can help you with those symptoms. And they prescribe antibiotics, which, by the way, does nothing for a flu virus. It, all it does is kill your intestinal flora, your good, friendly bacteria that 
keeps you healthy and cause all kinds of extra stress on your body. It does that, yes. It could give you jock itch or it could give you mouth fungus later after the, the um, antibiotic is discontinued or even while it's being continued on those. And it can do all kinds of bad things, but it's not going to attack the virus. It's not going to help one iota for the virus. All right? And then they might do something else to diminish your symptoms. They could prescribe a short-term course of steroids. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because here is your body trying to do its best to deal with a problem. And your doctor says, I can get rid of the symptoms that are being caused by your body's solution. I can give you something to weaken the immune system and make it back off so you feel better. Why? Because the body is the thing that is causing your symptoms. You can die with no symptoms except death from a flu virus. But if your immune system reacts to that flu virus, you're going to be miserable, but you're going to live. You know, I remember the first time I heard about cortisone and cortisol and um, cortisone present. Uh, precisely, though the, the drug, and it was I was must have been about ten years old. I was this chemistry freak when I was a kid, you know, about sixth grade or so, and um, and I was in the drugstore getting some of my supplies for my chemistry set, and um, I heard the druggist talking to a patient and recommending that they better watch out for the side effects of the medication they are on because. Just recently, it's been shown that these things are not good. And prior to that, I also remember, I have no idea, I have no photographic memory or anything, but this just stuck in my mind. Um, I, remember, I remember hearing about how absolutely miraculous cortisone was in taking away almost any symptom you had. I mean, just absolutely amazing. And then I heard this drug warn against it, the druggist warn against it, and he was saying how, yeah, we're really starting to be careful. I mean, this is... We're getting some really nasty side effects from this. And he talked about people having changes in the way they looked, like this moon face and buffalo hump. In other words, you know, that hump in the back there where that bone is that kind of sticks out just at the base of your uh, upper back or top of your upper back, base of your neck. You can feel it back there. That becomes huge. And the person's head goes forward and they have this big round face called a moon face, buffalo hump and moon face. He talked about that. and I thought, wow, that's incredible. And I thought, well, what's going on there? And so I didn't hear much about cortisone for a long time because, you know, I kind of, my ear was kind of perked for it. But that was my first exposure to actually learning something about cortisone. And, uh, you know, I, I know now that there are many different kinds of steroids. There are anabolic steroids, you know, that the, the uh, muscle uh, gorillas use, you know, for building muscle in the gym. And um, all these things, you know, there's that kind of, but there's the cortisone is the one that seems to be miraculous and getting rid of symptoms. But what I want you to understand is this, that the research that is coming out now says that long-term uh, cortisone use, of course, which is what was, I talked about, you know, earlier when I was 12 and kind of noticed this for the first time, is very, very dangerous and can cause some long-term side effects really bad. But they're finding out now that even short-term, these, these packs of, um, of uh, cortisone that is being used just to take care of short-term symptoms like flu symptoms and things can also be very, very harmful. Uh, it can even lead to blood clots, sepsis, an increased um, uh, 
susceptibility to broken bones and things like that. And it can be all these things can occur within the first 30 days. It's called a burst pack of steroids and, and they can be very, very harmful. And it can lead to even diabetes an increased risk for diabetes and things like this. So it's it's not innocent or safe. Even the short term steroids are not, according to the study. As a matter of fact, one of the uh, this was a large study, too, by the way, one point five million people age 18 through 64. So this was not just a little, you know, prospective study, little thing that was taking place. This is a large study, and it reports that, um, that you know, when, when the prescription for these things was fulfilled, the risk of these different problems, even uh, blood infection, sepsis, was one of the things, life, which was life-threatening. And uh, the, one of the doctors that was in charge of this study uh, mentioned this. This is a quote. Although physicians focus on the long-term consequences of steroids, they don't tend to think about the potential risk for short-term use. We see a clear signal of high rates of these three serious events within 30 days of fulfilling a prescription. We need to understand that steroids do, do uh, have a real risk that we may uh, use them more than we need to. This is so important because how often these drugs are used, end quote. Now, we're talking some of, that's a very, very strict warning. And, you know, goes from blood clots, sepsis. These are life-threatening <laughs> conditions. I mean, they could kill you. And then there's a whole raft of other things that come down the pike also that are less often but still very, very dangerous. Now, as we said, we're, we're very familiar with the steroids that are used in long term for include arthritis, lupus, uh, vasculitis, which is an inflammation of the blood vessels, et cetera. But I want you to realize something, that whether it be rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, vasculitis, the symptoms come from the fact the body is trying to deal with these conditions. In fact, whenever you have inflammation of any kind, it's the body's attempt to heal the tissue. And we've gone over this several times, but I want to uh, say it again because it's so important for you folks to realize that inflammation is our friend, all right? Now, let's distinguish between two types of inflammation, though. Short-term inflammation, where the healing process creates an inflammatory cascade of symptoms and of physiological events, and the inflammation continues until the healing process is complete, and then the inflammation goes away, that's called acute inflammation, is absolutely wonderful. None of us would be here without it because we have to heal. If, you're in, if your hand doesn't get inflamed after you cut your hand, then your next risk is gangrene because the uh, bacteria or the infection will take over and take out that hand. You've got to have an immune response, and immune responses are identical to inflammation. You get a cold. You have an immune response. That is an inflammatory cascade of immune cells that goes in to take care of that infection and get it out of there. But this is what I find in my clinic. Patients come in and they say, boy, doc, I was so sick two weeks ago and I'm still not feeling too well. But I went to the doctor and I said, oh, my God, I just feel horrible. I just feel awful. And the doctor says, well, we can take care of it. We'll give you an antibiotic and we'll give you some steroids. And they give them this burst pack of steroids, and the symptoms get better all of a sudden. But let me give you a clue. What do these, or these um, 
corticosteroids do, the cortisone. What do they do? Well, this is the cortisol, which is the natural form of the same steroid that is produced by your adrenal gland, the, the cortex of the adrenal gland. That is meant to modulate inflammation downward when necessary, and your body knows when to use it. But when you're in the middle of an infection, the last thing in the world you want to do is modulate your inflammation downward. You don't want to put the immune system to sleep. And that's what corticosteroids like prednisone and these steroids do. They put the immune system to sleep. Okay, so here you are. You're in the middle of a war, right? Your troops are stationed and they are being attacked by the enemy. Okay, what's the one thing that will just kind of calm the battlefield down like crazy? Put your own troops to sleep, right? <laughs> That'll make things look like it's pretty calm because the other people, the, the uh, attacking army, won't have any problems killing you off. No problems at all, but it's going to look like a walk in the park compared to full-scale battle. Well, that's what happens. You give yourself the steroid. It puts your immune system to sleep, and the symptoms go away for a while. But what's the net result? The infection now has a, has a chance to take over. That's the problem, of course. The infection has no problem at all just finishing you off. It's actually the most dangerous thing you can do under most circumstances, and that is to put your own immune system to sleep. Now, fortunately, we have all kinds of redundant systems to take things over, you know, and to try to do a good job. And so most people don't die from this failure of, of uh, decision-making. But it's still not a good idea. Acute inflammation is your best friend. Now, long-term inflammation is very often identical with the degenerative process, and so there's some things there, but you don't have to go to steroids. Okay, now, I tell you, there's one thing I want to go into before I talk about the natural solutions, and that is this. If you are currently on a steroid, whether it's a long-term steroid or a short-term burst pack steroid, finish what you're doing and consult your medical physician because if you are on one of those and you immediately cut it off and you say, well, Dr. Rexroth told me these are bad for me, so I'm going to stop immediately, don't do that because steroids are dangerous enough that if you stop them immediately, it can be life-threatening, okay? So this is a strong warning. Don't stop steroids abruptly. It can be horrible. And even if you think you can handle it, don't do it. It can be horrible. However, if you're on steroids right now, you, you need to look at the symptoms, um, vomiting, weight loss, diarrhea, dizziness, joint pain. Go online and find what these are because you could be having an overreaction to them. You can even be poisoned by them, um, et cetera. But one of the things I want you to know is this, that there, is, there are natural supplements that can be used in order to reduce inflammation in a natural way. One of the best, and this is the one I'm going to talk about right now, is curcumin. It's a fraction of turmeric. You can just do the turmeric too, although the turmeric is not as well absorbed as the curcumin. By the way, there are other things in the turmeric that are also good, so doing turmeric is a good idea also. But the curcumin actually 
modulates the inflammatory cycle downward in a very healthy way, and it can be taken when, even when you're not experiencing an inflammatory cascade. But it's something that when you are involved in an inflammatory cascade, it can help make the symptoms more tolerable. So it's something that you need to, need to be aware of because there are ways of avoiding it. Give the office a call and we'll help you with the problem. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday mornings at your service.